millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The night that Jeff cooked bean soup for supper, his wife chose not to partake, but his son ate it all up. Jeff had recently accomplished a major overhaul of his home, which gave his family the room to grow. For the moment, it was more room that they needed, and the debt was a strain. However, Jeff thought of a clever solution. He spruced up the new clean, bright rooms and posted them on a site for overnight rentals. Jeff's biggest single financial overreach was the cottage in the yard. He envisioned it long-term as a workshed or a man cave for himself, and perhaps before that, an excellent bedroom or crash pad for his son once he was old enough. Jeff proceeded to post it on a site the very day he felt it was ready, and renters paid handsomely for the cottage's simple charms. By 6pm on the night of the bean soup, the first guest showed up to rent the cottage. He seemed generally tempted to join Jeff and his son at the table and finish off the soup his wife had, but declined in favour of an early bed. He was a somewhat burnt-out hippie who seemed reluctant to enter a situation that may compel him to disclose his reasons for being in town. Now, Jeff didn't wish to pry or put the man in an awkward position, so he showed him to the cottage and gave him the key. By the time Jeff had left the little house for his back door, the man had already retired to bed and seemed to be dozing above the blankets, having removed only his shoes. It did Jeff no small amount of good to see a stranger enjoying the tiny house, He smiled and cracked open a beer as he cleared the dishes and welcomed his two final guests. The ladies showed up to rent the upstairs rooms within minutes. Both were so oddly similar, he assumed that they'd come together. It aroused a slight suspicion in Jeff that two young women in their 20s had arrived within 10 minutes of one another. Dressed in a similar fashion, they had skirts and sheer blouses. They seemed as though they could have stepped out of another era with their angular glasses and well-coffed hair. They had arrived in close succession coincidentally. They laughed and said they did not know each other. Neither craved a drop of the bean soup. One was a brunette named Jamie, the other a blonde named Carol. Carol spoke with so much effect, it almost seemed that she was performing in an old film, and it put Jeff a bit on edge, as if she was reading from a script no one had shown him beforehand. Jamie, by contrast, was relaxed and seemed mature past her age. 
She was so relaxed and confident, she glided into his house, a stranger's home, as if it was purposely built just for her to breeze through. Jeff showed the ladies their rooms, and they seemed pleased with the accommodations. Jeff was in turn pleased by this. It gave him a certain sense of pride to know that three people had found comfort for the night that couldn't be had in a hotel or motel. These rooms were pure. No one had slept in that bedding. In his own mind, Jeff saw himself offering a public service as much as he was earning back the money he'd spent. But then panic struck. Jeff's marijuana had been left in the bedside drawer in Carol's room. He bolted back up the stairs, pounded the door a bit louder than he should have, and when granted entry, quickly retrieved the baggie. As he hit the newly settled stairs, Carol chuckled from the room and said that she thought it was a perk of staying there. Jamie was leaning over the squeaky railing, cigarette in hand, and she laughed at this, and Jeff hastily apologised. Back downstairs, Jeff's son lapped up a second bowl of the soup and joked about how much he loved the hammy bits. Jeff put him to bed. He cleaned off the last dishes, placing them inside the dishwasher, and set the leftovers in the largest plastic bowl he had. He sipped a second beer and enjoyed a jazz cigarette, at last feeling at peace with his home improvement decisions. The house was now dark. He settled down on the couch and watched some silly YouTube videos on his phone. It was a good night, he thought. This notion accompanied him into a bit of dozing with a throw blanket wrapped around himself. And then a sort of crash woke him from his sleep. The first of it sounded like metal grinding against pavement. But then it evolved, suspiciously slowly, into a tearing noise and glass falling onto the ground, and then a shrill fading shriek that seemed not to emanate from anywhere specifically. The cry shot him upright, Maybe it was a deer, maybe a dog, but that seemed doubtful. Jeff put the thought that was even possible for a human to make that sound out of his mind before it could truly manifest. Something, someone, could be in distress. But then nothing, no sound, no drama, just silence. It was that last disturbing aspect that, after a moment, compelled him to race out of his front door and into the night. Outside, Jeff found nothing. There was no mangled car, there was no large injured animal, there was no scene requiring his attention. It was only dark. Oddly dark. Dark as if the street had lost power. But in truth, the streetlights were only dimmed somehow. Was it an outage? Some kind of brownout? His semi-suburban avenue all of a sudden felt rural, distant, haunted by beasts and mysteries. He wandered around for a bit in his tank top and pyjama bottoms, dopely looking for an emergency that didn't seem to exist. 
maybe a babe in the wilderness or someone in distress. Jeff turned around and around, disquieted by the silence. There was no birds, no insects, no traffic or cars. He felt a fool, out there all alone, looking for a problem that didn't need solving. When Jeff returned, several things immediately unnerved him. The first was that a video was playing on the television. A grainy video of his child's birthday party. It seemed out of date, at least a decade old, but oddly familiar. The second and more consequential thing was the girl, Jamie. Jamie had wrapped herself in his throw blanket. The faint odour of a cigarette smoke lingered around her, and she seemed completely nude underneath the tartan blanket from the Swedish megastore. In her hands was the plastic container he placed the leftover bean soup in. She had no spoon and she hadn't eaten any of it. She only held it there and she was in some kind of trance watching the video. The sense of intrusion was palpable, but anger and confusion soon gave way to concern as the girl's eyes, which seemed so lively only hours earlier, now appeared blank and empty. The flashes of wit and charm that worked so well on Jeff were now gone and left a void in their place. The giant container was tipping and was about to spill onto her. The soup was reaching the brim, held only in place by the surface tension. With as much care and precision as his nervous hands could manage, He reached out to stabilise the situation and prevent a mess from being made. The moment his hands made contact with hers, she jumped. No, she screeched, sending bean soup everywhere. Down her front, down Jeff's front, onto the couch, the floors, the walls, into her hair and probably Jeff's as well. The soup was refrigerator cold, and the shock of it took Jeff's breath from him. No, she insisted again. She seemed hurt, trespassed upon. She clutched his wrist, shaking with tears welling up into her dark, empty eyes. She lurched, and in an instant she was nearly on top of him, his back pressed to the beany couch cushions. Jeff was easily twice her weight, and he pushed her back away from him easily, but not without resistance. Before he could speak, she reached down to the puddle of soup near her thigh and pulled something out. Something alive. It moved. It was a worm. God, had that been in the soup all along? With slender fingers and salmon-painted nails, she threw it towards him. Jeff recalled, but he was pinned against the arm of the couch with nowhere to go without taking the eyes off that thing. Her strength seemed to grow. His hands tingled as circulation was cut off. Veins and tendons pulsated from her forearm unnaturally. She was freezing to the touch. It looked like an ordinary earthworm, except that it seemed to have a crack that perhaps housed a mouth. And strangest of all, there were three small shiny black orbs like caviar perched atop its back. He was both mesmerised and terrified. 
she placed a creature on his shoulder. It climbed, moving not like an earthworm, but rather arching its adorned back and moving at a clip towards his face. Jeff then heard a sound of a lighter clicking. Jamie had lit a cigarette. She watched him coolly as Jeff wondered what to do about this thing. Jeff realised that it was going for his mouth. In mere seconds, it had reached his lips. He wanted to scream, but found it wiser to keep his mouth tightly clenched. The small slit in the creature's front opened, and it began biting his lip, drawing blood with its rows of tiny, pin-like teeth. The thing knew what it was trying to do. It wanted him to scream, to breathe, to gasp, to yell for help. It wanted in. The bites began to swell and itch immediately. Jeff grabbed the cursed thing with two dripping hands and pulled it free from his face and stretched it out. It expanded to almost a foot before it snapped. He grunted as the two dying halves wriggled between his forefingers and thumbs. He threw it in opposite directions as he feared they'd reform and come back for him with vengeance in mind. Jeff collapsed onto the living room floor. Sweat seemed to pour in overabundance from his skin and his breath had long taken its leave. Wrecked emotionally and strangely exhausted, he laid at the girl's feet like a beached fish, sucking air into his lungs, his mouth agape in the puddle of beans. He wanted to cry, everything ached. But Jamie just stood over him watching the television. Diffused in the dim light by her cigarette smoke was the video. The flickering image caught his eyes once again. It drew him in. He knew this video. It had seemed familiar because it was familiar. Jeff had been to this party. It was a niece of his. He recalled the day in an instant. As if on cue, there was Jeff. He looked so young. The video must have been taken 16 or 17 years prior. He was freshly graduated and his relatives wanted to know about his first job out of university. It wasn't going well, and with each repetitive bout of uncomfortable small talk, he was compelled to relive this anxiety. He seemed uncomfortable in the video and shrank from the lens and stepped onto the lawn to get away from the summer breeze. The video transported him away from that living room and into the past. It was summer and warm in his father's townhouse in the city. He left the revellers and stood outside in the stubby little lawn to watch the sun turning from yellow to red. He felt the air starting to cool around him as his shoulders relaxed and his breathing became deep enough to supply real air to his body and mind. The city seemed to creak and settle in the cooling like an old house. He thought about the time ahead of him, his girlfriend and the family that they could start, the house that they could buy, the jobs he might work. He was relieved. He heard a commotion. He was aware of this, but couldn't react his arms and legs as they were heavy as cinder blocks, but that hardly mattered. Hazily, he came back to the presence and his eyes turned away from the screen. His wife was yelling into her phone and looking out the back door. 
in the yard he could see a blaze in the cottage, its fire stretching above the highest garbles of the neighbourhood. If he was honest, it was truly a beauty to behold. All that time and money and innocence man's life was just burning away. He tried to concentrate on his wife's words, dead and upstairs and partially eaten, but none of it made sense. The swelling was getting worse. Lazily, he rolled his eyes back to the screen as his wife begged their son to stay in his room and not come out. What is this, he wondered. An empty and open galaxy in a world of careless nature, sinking lazily into the night, taking him with it, and no one's expectations or desires could wear him down, not in a place as shifting and as lovely as this. So transfixed was Jeff that he entirely failed to notice the toothy half of the worm inching back towards him, dragging bits of its buggy entrails behind it. One shiny little egg was still attached and gleaming black. If you wish to submit an original creepy story for consideration for the podcast, please visit our website, beyondyournightmares.com. You can reach us on Facebook and Instagram, Beyond Your Nightmares, and Twitter at Beyond Your Night. Due to several requests that we have received, we now have a Patreon if you wish to show your support. Become a patron for as little as a dollar a month to receive exclusive content and merchandise for Beyond Your Nightmares and our partner podcast, Mysteriously Listed. Visit patreon.com slash mysteriously listed for more information. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash mysteriously listed. If you like what you heard today, we would love your support by sharing on your social media of choice. You can also help the show if you could rate, review and subscribe on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Today's episode was written by Vincent C. Audio production and hosting is by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.